Welcome to episode 98, just another Knicks fan, hosted by your host, Jack F. Yo, what the fuck, yo? Let's go with the New York Knicks right now. It's disgusting. I am disgusted. I thought certain things would have changed. Goddamn, they haven't, bruh. It's painful watching New York Knicks basketball right now. It's brutally painful as a whole. As a whole, it's, it's tough to watch New York Knicks basketball right now. Uh, especially the starting five. Goddamn. Start off with R.J. Barrett. I felt like you know, he finally turned the corner. It seemed like he was on the threshold of greatness. I still think he is. I, I know he's better than what he's showing us right now. But, bro, she was brutal, bro. He's having a brutal stretch right now. I, uh, he had a that great stretch. I was like, yo, it's on. That's it, man. He ready to be the number one option for the New York Knicks. And then pop goes the weasel. I mean, he's been in the slump for a hot minute. Julius Randle. I noticed he stopped hearing the MVP chants. It's been a while since Julius Randle heard those MVP chants. I know he's like, yo, what well, damn, they not calling me MVP no more, bruh. Yeah, because you're not playing like it, bro. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get the MVP chance if you're not playing like an MVP, bro. Eric Fournier. I mean, Evan Fournier. Pardon me. Evan Fournier. He had a great start to the season. Uh, but he hasn't been found since. He made a nice shot yesterday against the Magic, but... Same thing with Kemba. Had a great start to the season. Um, he's had some great stretches in these past few games. But nowhere to be found. That's the whole story of the starting lineup of the New York Knicks. Mitchell Robinson. He's in and out the lineup. He's been hurt. He definitely had an impact on the game yesterday. I just wish he didn't fall on his thigh or fall on his hip. Because that kept him out for the rest of the game. And that was definitely a turning point in the game, which led to Franz Wagner catching a bango on R.J. Barrett because there was no one to protect the paint, so he was able to hit to go to the rack and slam jam on motherfuckers, and that's what Franz Wagner did. He put the hammer to the solar plex and got shit cracking. And I hit the go-ahead dunk, basically, on the New York Knicks. And that shit was painful to lose to the... Orlando Magic once again. You keep fucking losing to the Orlando. In the garden, bro. What the f- For real, like, what's, what's really good with this team right now? I get it. Last year, we were 11 and 15. Uh, we, were, we weren't figuring things out. We didn't have too many expectations on, on being a decent team. We are focused on rebuilding. We are focused on getting our shit right. Focus on building a great culture. All of that, I understand. And it makes great sense. But something's got to give. I understand having bad games. I understand someone else being in a slump or someone else being in a slump. But when the whole unit as a whole is in a slump, that shit is brutal, bro. That shit is brutal, bro. Julius Randle yesterday, 
Now, he seemed to have a habit of going from the three-point line. He was four for six at one point. Ended up being four for ten. At that point, you, know, you miss a few in a row. Get to the fucking basket, bro. Get to the rack. Make some shit happen in the paint, bro. You get what I'm saying? Make some shit happen in the paint like you did against the Pacers. Your outside jumper wasn't falling, so you went to the paint, bro, and made some layups. I don't think Julius Randle took my layup yesterday. Okay, I'll talk more Bamba is. As much as as hard as it is to watch RJ Barrett go to the basket sometimes, at least he goes to the basket. You got to go to the basket, Randall. If once the three-point shot's not dropping, you miss a few in a row. Unless you're completely wide open. Unless you're completely wide open. There's been situations where I see Julius Randle should take a three-pointer, but since he missed a few, the good shot that he had, now nah, he passed up on it because he's overthinking it. Just play your game, bro. Play your game like you did against the Boston Celtics, the Magic, in the beginning of the season. I feel like all that shit fading away, bro. So fading away. Fournier, I know he hasn't played in the fourth quarter. Um, five of the last six games. I don't think he touched the floor yesterday, so that makes it six out of the last seven games. Like the problem is, like Fournier's not whack, bro. Walker's not whack, and Fournier and Walker, you know, they were brought here to be our solution to the issues that we had in the playoffs last year. We didn't have enough playmakers, et cetera, et cetera. No, that's supposed to make RJ Barrett's life easier. It's supposed to make Julius Randle's life easier. But that's not the case at the moment. At the moment, we, we're all just floundering. And this, they're thinking too much. They're not reacting. They're not playing the game that they've been playing their whole lives. They're just overthinking everything. Now that they missed a few shots, the good shot they actually do have to take, they don't want to take it. Like, RJ Barrett be having a good shot. Nah. Julius Randle be having a good shot, a good shot that he actually has it. Nah, they get into this whole overthinking state of mind. They're not really in that New York state of mind. I know Campbell Walker's going through the motions because he's from New York. He's like, fuck, man, I'm really letting the city down right now, et cetera, et cetera. The bottom line is we're still trying to figure out who gets involved when. All of that shit. Like, who's our number one option after Julius Randle? But fuck it, man. We got to move the ball around. That's what it really is. That whole just feed the ball. Obviously, whenever Julius Randle goes in the paint, he gets, he, or he goes into the post, he getting double and triple team. So, somebody's open. Somebody's open. And we can't... I'm all for taking three-point shots, but similar to what Thibodeau said, bro, they got to be open threes. We took a lot of forced three-pointers. That's not good. I don't like these false three-pointers that we're taking. It's out of the offense. Uh, I mean, we got back into the game because we took good threes. Not because we took false threes, except that one Alec Burks made when he was leaning in and all that shit. But he made it. I was surprised he gave us a two-point lead. Alex Burke, he was struggling in the first half. But he continued to take the shots that he thought were good shots. And... That's the thing. He took some bad shots, but when he had a good shot available, he still took that good shot. And that's the point I'm trying to make with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. They'll take some bad shots, but sometimes, since they missed a few, they have a good shot to take. They won't take it because they missed their last few. Like, you got to keep taking the good shots, bro. A good shot's a good shot. Now, I've seen Evan Fournier miss a lot of good shots the past few games, but those are shots I don't mind them taking because they're good shots. The floaters at the rim, open three-pointers. Those are shots you got to take, bro. Like, that's what you get paid to do. Especially Fournier, especially Barrett, especially Randall. Y'all get paid for this shit, bro. 
take good shots and bad shots, but we prefer you to take the good shots. If you take a good shot and you miss, it is what it is, man. You got to live with that. When we're taking whack-ass shots, I'm going to feel a type of way, bro. And when you're not emphasizing and you're not focused on ball movement, I'm going to feel a type of way. And shitty offense can rub off on you and mess up the chemistry on defense as well. So it works both ways. And the solution to all of this is to cut down on the turnovers and move the ball. And sometimes they say your best offense is your defense. I mean, the defense is not that great. It's not that bad, but the offense is so brutal. I think it's it's like it's just affecting their game in total. Overall, you got eighteen turnovers. Teams are gonna capitalize. Um, if you can't rebound the ball, teams are gonna capitalize. So if you rebound and don't turn the ball over, I don't know how much that. Turning the ball over got nothing to do with defense, but it will reduce the amount of easier buckets that the team gets. So somehow that is impacting your defense by you turning the ball over. Also with rebounding, rebounding and turning the ball over, that's what's costing us the game. Had about 18-second chance points just like, yo, we can't allow that black box out and don't turn the ball over. And we are going through an adjustment period. We do have a new unit out there. Fournier, Barrett, because you could in the beginning of the season we did have Fournier getting more love than Barrett. Barrett trying to figure his role out, and now Fournier is trying to figure his role out. But at the same time, it seemed like it seemed as if Julius Randle's role was established. Now he's trying to figure his role out. So there's still a lot of confusion amongst the starting five, and that's tough. That's tough because. I thought it would be hard to figure out our bench rotation since we have such a, a deep bench. We got Burks, got Rose, got Quickly, got Toppin, got Gibson. We loaded up front. I mean, not front, but like in, in the backcourt. I mean, off the bench is, is what I really mean. So our bench is loaded. You see how they're keeping us in games and getting us the lead. We were down by 24 against the Bucks. Guess what happened? The bench tied the motherfucking game up. So the bench is valid. The starting five is not whack. They just got to get their shit right, bro. And I don't know how much time they need. I just know that if they don't turn the ball over and they pass the ball, things will get better. It sounds easier said than done, but it just looks like everything they're doing on offense, they're overthinking it. Everything looks like they're over. Every play on offense with the starting five out there, it just looks like they're overthinking everything there. Thinking and not reacting. They're not reading and reacting. They're just reading and thinking. And that's not going to do shit. You know, when the bench comes into the game, they're on attack mode. They're on offense. They're reading, reacting, and doing shit based on what they see. Quickly sees, okay, they left me open for the three. I'm going to pop that. Okay, I'm going to go. Or they're playing. They're playing. Um, they're pressing up on me. All right, cool. I'm going to go to the paint, either do a floater or throw a lob to topping. I don't get what's so hard for the starting power to think the same way. RJ Barry got a layup, take it. RJ Barry got an open three, take it. RJ Barry, they double team you, you pass it to Fournier. Fournier pick and roll uh, with Julius Randle. Like, the what y'all was doing at the beginning of the season, which was playing off, playing off of each other. It don't look like the starting five wants to play off of each other. It also seems as if they're scared of stepping on each other's toes. Uh, no one wants to 
hurt no one's feelings. And I don't think anyone's going to hurt anyone's feelings. Just go with the high hand. Just go with the flow. And just go with the best shot. Go with the best shot. RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson have pick and roll chemistry. Evan Foy and Julius Randle have pick and roll chemistry. Make it work. Make it work. Mitchell Robinson got Mitchell Robinson to crash the glasses. Crash the glass. To get rebounds. Stop thinking so much, bro. Y'all out there overthinking. And just read and react, bro. I don't know what's going on. But we can't be losing to the Magic twice in the garden, bro. With the schedule getting harder. I mean... I'm looking around the league. A lot of teams are seven and eight, eight and eight, seven and nine. So a lot nine and five. So a lot of records are the same right now. A lot of teams are either hurt or they're just having their, you know, struggles in the earlier season, like the New York Knicks. But at the same time, it's just a bit concerning just the way that things are unfolding. Like for me to get excited for the bench to come into the game because the starting five is making it so brutal for me to watch them play. That ain't a good look, Bree. That is not a good look for a starting five. And the thing is, they're not whack. They're not whack. Kemba's not whack. Fournier's not whack. Barrett, not whack. Jewish Randall, he's going to catch flack because he's a, he's our best player, right? He's our number one option, and he's not acting like it. Even in the last two minutes of the game, I whether you should have been in the game or not is another conversation. But you was in the game, bro, and you was playing a bit passive, and I ain't like that. I get it. You don't want to mess up the flow. You don't want to mess up the rhythm, bro. But at the end of the day, you're our number one option, bro. You can't be looking pussy out there in the last two minutes of the game, bro. You can't be looking scared. You can't be looking nervous in the last two minutes of the game. People, other teams, other players and teams are going to pick up on that around the league, bro. I can't have you looking weak sauce out there, bro. You looking a little bit weak sauce out there, Julius Randle. You know I'll fuck with you, bro. Can't be looking scared out there, bro. Play your fucking game, bro. When I mean play a game, is I mean play a game. Don't force it. Do what you was doing prior. Double, you get double team, kick it to the open, man. I saw you one-on-one. Take the best shot you see, bro. That's all it comes down to. You miss, you miss. Fuck it, bro. But I can't have you looking scared out there, bro. Because that's how the starting five looking when they're on the court right now. Those third quarters, those third quarters be tough to watch, man. It'd be tough to watch. And I just didn't like how we closed out the second quarter of the game against the Magic. We were up by five with about a minute left. Mo Wagner hit a three. Then Greg, An- I mean, not Greg Anthony. Greg Anthony's son, Cole Anthony, hits a three to give him the one-point lead I have. So it's been tough. It's been tough to watch. Pacing game, I was glad we won that. But these games have been stressful, man. Stressful to watch. Stressful. Like I said last year, through 26 games, we were 11 and 15. Now, as of now, we're 8 and 7. So it seems as if we're headed, we're ahead of the pace from last year. But we got a tough schedule coming up. I know we play the Rockets, and then we play the Bulls on Sunday. And I think we play the Lakers after that. So the Rockets, yeah, they're the worst team in the league. But the Knicks ain't playing like they they the five and one team that they started off with. Play the Bulls, Lakers, Suns, Hawks, Nets, Bulls, Nuggets, Spurs, Pacers, Raptors, Bucks, Warriors, Rockets, Celtics, 
Pistons, Wizards, Hawks, Timberwolves, Pistons, Thunder. That's to close out the year. And we eight and seven right now. I don't know how many games that were, but those are all tough matchups. I'm not sleeping on the Pistons. And I'm not sleeping on the Thunder, especially how they be coming back against teams. They came back against the Lakers twice. The way OKC beats the Lakers is how Magic be beating the Knicks. But in the Garden, though, let the Magic beat the Knicks twice in the Garden. And I don't like how they be celebrating after they beat us either. Shit was annoying. Mo Wagner on the bench looking all happy and shit. Franz Wagner complaining about every call and shit. Fuck out of here, man. These motherfuckers is 4-12, and 12, and half of their victories is against us, and half of them are in the garden. That's ridiculous, bro. Blast that ball game up. And those fourth quarter turnovers, man, ridiculous. These roads had a couple that led to direct fast break points for them. That's what I'm talking about. Four points, that just dunks. Quickly turnover, dunk. That's six points, bro. We lost by six. Then we let off. Then we gave them six points, two three pointers to end the second quarter. That's twelve points right there, bro. Like, it's certain spurts of the game, certain moments in the game that cost us the game. I mean, overall we had a great fourth quarter, but the last two minutes was, eh. The last two minutes was yeah, yeah. And that cost us the game. It was up by one with two minutes left, and we couldn't close out. And the game definitely changed after Mitchell Robinson got hurt, but we're supposed, still supposed to win that game. And what could we say about Obi Toppin, bro? Man gets into the game. He's moving and grooving. He's crashing the boards. He's always perpetual motion, like Vauclaw would say. He's always in motion. He's always moving around, moving and grooving. And even hit a couple of three-pointers yesterday. Yeah, he only had two prior to this game, but... When you establish a rhythm, when you're moving around, you see the ball go in, even whether it's dunks or layups. Once you see the ball go in, you're going to have that rhythm, you're going to have that confidence, and you're going to make those threes, bro. That's exactly what it is. But with RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, they're not really moving around. They're not moving around for layups and open shots. They're, for the most part, trying to ISO it up. And that's not working right now. So you got to sort of Take a page out of Obi Topping's book, which is move, cut, crash the boards, find easy baskets, and that'll open up, make the basket, make the basket seem bigger. But this whole ISO, your my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, it's not establishing any rhythm. The only way we're gonna establish rhythm is if we move the ball and attack the paint and stop turning the ball over and giving up easy points. And that's what we've been doing. That's been the story. To, of last night's game and previous games as well. I mean, it's great that we're still 8-7, and seven, but how much longer are we going to be over 500 if we keep playing like this? And, you know, based on the post-game, the post-conferences, post-game conferences, press conferences, based on the press conferences after the game, it seems like the team wants to get their act together. It seems like they care. It seems like they want to win. And all of that stuff sounds good to me. As long as I see it on the court. And right now I'm not seeing it on the court. And hopefully we will see it sooner rather than later. But I will say this shit has been very frustrating to watch. Um, Shout-outs to Quickly. Shout-outs to Obi Topping. Shout-outs to Todd Gibson. I want to give shout-outs to the whole bench unit. But starting five, come on, bro. I believe in y'all. I'm a bit frustrated. 
Let's get this shit together, man. And also, before I hang up, yo, give my boy Sim some playing time. You see how Obi Topping is electrifying the court. Imagine Topping and Sims on the court at the same time, bro. Gotta give my man some burn, yo. For real. Give my man Sims some burn. Let him attack the paint. Let him play some defense. Let him get some playing time, bro. Noel's been hurt. I don't know when he coming back, but we gotta play Sims also. I know Taj Gibson's plus minus be crazy, like in a good way. In a good way, be plus 21 this year, plus 19. Like, throwing his thing, but... Yo, Sims could be real lethal out there, man. It could be real lethal out there. And I feel like we got to get Sims out there, bro. Play Sims, bro. Because we be burning Todd Gibson down to the ground the way we be playing him. You got to use Todd Gibson in spurts also. So I, I think that's my only suggestion is to split the playing time between Sims and Todd Gibson. And then let the starting five figure their shit out. Or I'm also even thinking maybe start Alex Burks. Have Kemba come off the bench with D Rose. But then that will completely that could potentially completely take Kemba out the rotation. If we start Alex Burks. Because you already got quickly and D Rose coming off the bench. So I see I see the predicament Thibodeau was in. Because if he takes Kemba out the lineup, he's basically Alfred painting him in a in a way. Because because you already got quickly and D Rose coming off the bench. You can't have you can't have all three of them coming off the bench at the same time. So that's a difficult move. But the difference between Kemba and Alfred Payton is Kemba could actually shoot the three and mid-range jumper. But I think Kemba would be more effective when Fournier got it going, Barry got it going, Randall got it going. It's just gonna open up the floor for him. But with everybody playing like ass. It's going to be hard for anyone to get it going on that team in terms of R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Fournier, Kemba Walker. They all play like ass. It's going to be easier to lock them up. So the only way they're going to get off their schneid is ball movement and not turning the ball over. Easy baskets. Play some defense. Play better defense. That's what we used to hang our hat on last year. Effort, effort, effort. I'm not seeing that right now. But that's still my team. Let's let's fucking write this shit and let's get it, bro. Episode ninety eight, you heard? Skirt skirt.